Gospel Church. Man, what an amazing, amazing adventure this has been. I'm running over here to grab something. Um, this has been in my heart for like two years. You guys wouldn't believe the journey that I've been on my personal life. And at some point in time, I will take the opportunity to share my story with you just as much as I want you to share your story with me. Because the, your story is transforming. And, and, and again, that'll be a message for down the road, and I'll share that with you. But my story is so... I don't know, surreal. If you knew me then, you wouldn't believe that I'm standing here today. And it's an amazing adventure that, that God has put me on. Some of you have known me since I was, I don't know, 16 or so. I've got Kim and Mike, and then my parents, of course, who are here today, who have known me, well, you know, since I first breathed. Um, and they can't believe I'm here either. So. <laughs> um, but it's just, a, this has been an amazing journey. And I want to say thank you to everybody who has made this day happen. Everybody who has prayed for us, everybody who has spoken into my life. You're here today, and there's plenty of you here for C3, the church that helped us launch, for my friends and other <laughs> church planners that are here today, and then, of course, to my amazing team, my wife, my parents. Stop in the emotional. I'm going to hold it down. I'm going to make it. I'm not going to cry. I'm going to do it. But thank you to everybody, because this is the summer. This is like, we birthed it. It's amazing, you know? So... Anyway, for each future church planners, this is what it feels like. This is what it looks like. It's amazing. And if you cry, I will laugh at you because I'm not doing it. <laughs> so anyway, so we spent the past week here handing out water bottles uh, out on the fields, the soccer fields with these simple church labels. And it was really funny because we handed out so many that we started to see some laying on the ground. You know, people had drank them and let, left them laying on the ground. And my son said, look, Dad, simple litter. I said, yes, it is. That's what that is. That's it. Simple litter. So... We have a few left over there in the they're in the uh, uh, the foyer for you if you'd like to get some of that. So uh, anyway, all right. So we've actually had a few preview services, and in those services, we've we've talked about a few things. Uh, the, the sermon series that we're doing is called "It's All About Jesus," and the first one we talked about the humility of Jesus, how Jesus was was alive and well long before he was actually born on this earth, and how he was a king arrayed in splendor and majesty and sat on his throne in heaven where the angels would sing to him, holy, 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 all day long. And how it took so much humility for Jesus to say, I have the right for you to bow to me and to come to this earth, become a man, live, die, a horrid, wretched death. We murdered him. And then to rise again, all for our sake. The humility to give up those rights of a king. And then... Next time, we, the next service, we talked about the identity of Jesus and how about this story, our life story, it's not about us. It's about Jesus. And as we allow it to be about him, we get to see that we are a supporting cast member in his story, the play that is, that is played out before us. We get to be a part of that. Last, uh, the last couple of weeks, we also talked about worship and how Jesus is the key to entering into worship because, because God is seeking people who will worship him in spirit, and in truth. And Jesus is the key to worshiping God. Not only just knowing Him, but experiencing God. This week we're going to talk, we're going to continue that series, and we're going to talk about community. And I would say that in this room, most of us know what community is. It's an English word, but we're not going to talk about what we know it as. It's not where you live. It's not where you necessarily, your housing community. It's not the buildings. It's actually the people. And so I know you're familiar with that. And, and we're going we're gonna to go through this um, and, and talk about how Jesus needs to be at the center of our community. Every single one of us has something inside of us that, that removes us or causes us to withdraw from community, that causes us to withdraw from 
being a part of what's going on. Uh, me personally, I'm, I'm somebody, you wouldn't believe this because I'm up in front of you, but I'm actually a very quiet kind of guy, very introverted. My natural state is like this, playing a video game all by myself. That's my natural state. Now, it hasn't been that way for a long time, but that's my natural state. As a kid, I was sitting in front of a closet where my TV and Sega Genesis were sitting in that closet and I was playing video games, and that's what I did. Now, it's not that I didn't get out and play, but that's me. I was just a quiet kid, and so community is not something I partook in. It's something that, that I lived right there with my little video game. But you know that's not community. You can't have community by yourself. <clears throat> and so uh, I believe in community in my head, but in my heart, I completely pull away from it. So uh, let, me, let me give you an example of how I do that. Um, and, and believing in community means, means like preferring other people over yourself. I was at a, a magic convention. I'm a magician, uh, illusionist, whatever. Does not offend you the, the most, okay? So, what, but I, I do magic and sleight of hand. And, so I'm at this magic convention, and I'm sitting there with a bunch of guys, and we're in the back of a lecture, and we're, we're cutting up and having a good time, but we're also listening. This is, this is a performer from around the world, and it's one of those things. It's like, man, I really, really want to hear what this guy is saying. And this kid kind of comes in, and he sits down right next to us. And this kid sits there, and he, he's got a walkie-talkie, and I don't know why, but he just starts talking on it. And somebody's talking back to him really, really loud. I'm like, were you there? I don't know if you were there for this, probably. But we're sitting in the back, and, and we hear this, where are you? I'm in, I'm in the ballroom. Where? The ballroom. Where? And it's just, it just keeps going back and forth while we're trying to listen to this lecture. And uh, I'm known for sitting and eating licorice during the lecture, and I happen to have some licorice in my hand, and I completely... <laughs> You can see where this is going. <laughs> this was just a few years ago, too. Um, I'm sitting there, and this kid's he's just kind of off this way, probably sitting over here where Bruce is sitting. And I just took one of these, and I went, <laughs> boom, hit the kid in the side of the head. I didn't, it wasn't malicious. It was just to get his attention. He turns around and looks at me, and I said, I'm sorry, was that rude? And, uh, and, and the kid got up, and he was very, very embarrassed, and he left. And uh, you, I know you're laughing, but... I completely, don't do it, okay? I'm just saying. You're laughing because it's funny, but I completely disregarded this kid. I completely, I thought of myself more than I thought of him. I thought of my right to enjoy the lecture, and I disregarded his right to be respected or maybe to go over to him and say and show some patience, maybe display some grace and some mercy. I completely bypassed everything that should have been in my heart and I should have been displaying towards him, and I completely forsook community, is what I would say. And so this kid left, and, and I, you know, if I knew where that kid was today, I'd go apologize to him. He probably blogs about me on a regular basis. So you know, that guy, oh, hit me in the head with the licorice. But uh, anyway, yeah. so community looks like preferring someone else's welfare at the expense of our own. I really could have lived with that guy being there. So, but we live, need to live our lives in such a way that people matter more than our opinions and our stuff. Uh, the challenge is to be community, not simply do something, but to actually be community. We get these checklists, right? And we think about, um, here's what we need to do to earn Jesus' love, or this is what we need to do to love people, you know? Instead of just being. Um, and sometimes I, I get really down on myself because I'm not really great at the doing part. Like, I try, and I don't know if you guys are experts, please see me afterwards. I would love to know how you're living out this life with Jesus expertly, okay? Because I'm not even able to do it as an expert. But if you're able to, so see me. But, but I, I sit at home, and, and my wife works third shift, and so I have evenings by myself, and I get a little introspective, and I think, man, I'm messing this up, or I'm really not happy with my weight, or I'm not happy with the way I spoke to my kids, or even the way I spoke to my wife, or I'm not happy how I handled that. And, and we can kind of spiral out of control a little bit. 
And so I'm sitting there the other day, and my dog comes up to me. His name's Dexter. He's a wonderful dog. If you ever have an opportunity to meet Dexter, you will love Dexter. He's great. Dexter loves everybody. And, um, and I'm sitting there, and, and Dexter comes up, and he just nuzzles my hand. And just, he just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing and wants me to love him. And I started thinking about my dog. You know, my dog doesn't really regret anything that he does. He's a better Christian than I am because his, well, his love or my love for him is not based on what he does. He doesn't regret that, that he ate too much. He doesn't regret the decisions he made to eat his own poo. He doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't care. He knows that I love him regardless of that. And so he comes up to me, and even when he's done something wrong, and I say, no, no, Dexter, or no, or just, you know, whatever I got to do to stop him from doing what he's doing, to say no, he tucks his tail and he sits, but what he does is he waits. Dexter waits on the opportunity for his relationship to be restored with me. Tucks his tail and he just sits and watches. And he waits on Daddy to call him over and say, it's okay, buddy. It's okay. And to pet him again. And Dexter and I are back into this relationship. He's a better Christian than I am. Because all he's looking for is the way to come back. Mm. Mm, I know, right? <laughs> Think about that for a second. Thank you. So I, I can't have my dog out doing me, you know, in, the, in this whole Christianity thing. So I, I, I've decided that... It's not about what we do. Christianity or living this life in community is really about what Jesus has done. Jesus came. We've talked about already some of the things that Jesus did, but he lived this life, a sacrificial life, where he humiliated himself and died. And he did that because he loves us. Not because we can do anything to earn that. Not because you and I have done, uh, have had like a, a good deposit or we've done something good for somebody this week and that we've earned his love. It, we can't even earn it. Our best day, our, the Bible says that our righteousness or the good that we can do is as filthy rags. That's like nothing. We can do absolutely nothing to earn the love of God. And so community is not about what we do. Community is about who we are and, and being community. I'll, I'll, I'll get there. In the Bible, it talks about what does community look like? There are over 100 what they call one another's. And it's be this to one another. Be this or do this to one another. And so I'm going to read that list right now. So you're not supposed to do that in like a public speaking thing, but I'm going to read that list. And I'm just kidding. There's only 19. So, but there are over 100 in Scripture, but I'm only going to read you 19 so that you can get an idea of what it's like to be in community. Okay? Here we go. Lock in. Love one another. Be at peace with one another. Show hospitality to one another. Honor one another. Do not judge one another. Bear the burdens of one another. Forgive one another. Be kind to one another. Submit to one another. Boy, don't we have a hard time with that one. Do not lie to one another. Do not speak evil of one another. Pray for one another. Be like-minded toward one another. Do not hold a grudge against one another. Highly esteem one another. Do not be partial towards one another. Encourage one another. Teach one another. Do good to one another. And these are all pulled from Scripture. And this is what community looks like when we allow Jesus to be at the center of it. But these are all descriptions of that. But this is what, that's not what, we, what community looks like when we do it. That's, look, that's what it looks like when we are community. When, you, when I think about these things, these things kind of line up with the fruit of the Spirit. 
you don't want this, know what the fruit of the spirit are, excuse me. Uh, I'm I'm a, a children's entertainer, and uh, I love, you know, with Scott he is even here, and he and I served in children's ministry at another church, and and uh, so I'm gonna do this. Because the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Oh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, there's a few people out there going, that's all right. <laughs> so now that I've embarrassed myself, you're welcome. Um, no, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Um, but that's, that's when you think about what the fruit of the Spirit is, you think, all right, so what I have to do to be in community is just go do those things, right? And so I, I'll go, go to work, or I'll go to church, or I'll go to our grow group, or I'll go wherever people are, and I'll bring the fruit of the Spirit. And if Rocco comes, Rocco will bring the fruit of the Spirit too. We'll have fruit salad. Yummy, yummy. It'll be amazing. Right? Another children's reference for you. Right over there. Knocked it out of the park. But that's what we'll have. And you're like, all right, great. So all I have to do in order to do that is go home and practice that. I'll go home and practice patience. Or go home and practice kindness. But the problem is, you can't practice those things at home. In order to be patient with somebody, you need to be around people. You can't go home and practice patience with nobody, patience with nobody there. You just can't. You can't be kind to nobody. You have to have somebody to display that to. So you can only bear the fruit of the Spirit when you're in community, when you're bumping up against other people, when you're out here just like you are today. And that means whether you're at school, at work, church, in the park, wherever it is, that's when you have that opportunity to display the fruits of the Spirit. And so we, we can't, but we can't do that. That's not something we can practice and rehearse and just go do. We have to allow it to happen. Here's the thing. To have patience, you got to have a jerk in your community, right? There's always one jerk in every community. If you can't find one, you're probably the one, okay? I'm just saying. <laughs> you can't look around your community and find it. You're probably the jerk, okay? But to be gentle, you have to have somebody, someone being rough. To forgive means that there's somebody who will offend. <laughs> Right? And so what we're supposed to do, though, is be image bearers of what God is to us. So if you think about that, if we're supposed to be patient with somebody, that means that Jesus must be patient with us. That we kind of irritate him in some kind of way. And yet he displays patience to us. That Jesus forgives us, that means we offend him in some way. And so as image bearers, we are supposed to go and do or be that. Reflect what he's done to us. When he forgives us, we're supposed to forgive somebody else. That's how you bear that fruit. When he's patient with us, we, we give that patience back out. <laughs> when I'm giving grace, Jesus asked me to grace someone else. I don't know if that's a word, but you know, that's, I'm just, it is now. And all we have to do to display this fruit of the Spirit is to bring the Holy Spirit with us. He's quite portable. And in fact, the scriptures say in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, I think that's what my tattoo says. <laughs> that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You carry him with you. And so he goes wherever you go, but we forget that we're Christians. We forget that we've got that gift inside of us and that we're supposed to be giving out the fruit in that way. Jesus says, what I am doing to you, let that be done to others. And so let me give you a scene. Let's jump into the word and let me show you a scenario. Jesus is about to be crucified. He's heading into the Passover dinner. So this is before he sits down and dines with everybody and Judas runs off to go betray him. So this is the scenario. They're, they're in the room. They're about ready to dine. And Jesus is walking into this scene. And what Jesus is getting ready to do, I'll tell you what he's getting ready to do. We'll pull the scriptures up. Jesus is incredible. Because he walks into this room knowing 
that 10 of these guys are going to abandon him. One of them is going to deny him. And another one is going to completely betray him and sell him out. And these are 12 guys that he has walked with for the last three years of his life, every day. And he's going to walk into a room and he's going to serve them. And look at the humility of Jesus, the grace of Jesus, the patience of Jesus to choose, to know that he's going to walk into that room and they're going to do those things to him. I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I knew that one of you was going to do wrong to me if I walked into this room where you were sitting waiting on me, if I would be willing to walk in and have patience or grace or mercy. I don't know if I could do that. But that's what he's asking us to do, is just that. And so we'll jump into the scripture first here. Uh, John 13, 2 through 17. It's a long verse. I'll get through it as quick as I can. We'll go back and unpack it. So don't, don't forget if you don't get it all. Okay, so here we go. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn with me. John 13, 2 through 17, or it'll be up here on the screen. It says, The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal and took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, You do not realize what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. But Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that, that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done to you, or done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for it is I, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set to you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Okay, so that's a lot. I, and, and I'm sorry for it, but there's a lot happening there. So let me unpack it really, really quick, okay? Jesus is washing his disciples' feet. Jesus is the master. The disciples are not servants. They're disciples. They're like administrative assistants, if you would think about them today, okay? So they're his administrative assistants. They set up appointments for him. Whenever he, they go before him, before he goes into a town, they reserve a room. They get all that kind of stuff done and ready for him. But they are not his servants. They are not his towel They do not wash his feet. There are servants to do that. And the servants would wash off the, the dung and the dirt from the day from walking along the road. But Jesus changes roles real quick. And he puts on a towel and he starts to wash their feet and says, I'm your master. I'm Lord and I'm going to wash your feet. And Peter, I love Peter. Peter's one of my favorite characters because he always puts his foot in his mouth. He's one of these guys that is just constantly, I, 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 well, I've just got many, many, many stories about Peter that I just love. If you just look at this guy, he just was not the sharpest tool in the shed. You know, he just wasn't. And, um, and so Peter decides, he catches on to what Jesus is doing. And he's like, whoa, this is not supposed to happen. He's like, you're not washing my feet. And Jesus rebukes him and says, you know what? If I don't wash your feet, you have no part of me. Well, not wanting to have that, Peter says, fine. And I see him being a little sarcastic when he says this back to him. But he says, fine, if you're going to wash my feet, wash all of me. Whatever. And I see Jesus maybe, maybe stinging back with a little bit of sarcasm. And it's like, I'm not going to give you a bath, Peter. You know? And, uh, and so 
He says, you don't need to be washed. But here's what Jesus is doing. He was sharing a metaphor. See, when we come to Jesus in the first place, he cleans us up completely. And as we walk along the road of life, our feet get dirty. We sin, we make mistakes. But when we come back to Jesus and allow him to clean us up, he doesn't have to start over again. You don't have to start brand new again. You just need to let him clean up your feet. That's what Jesus is there for. And so he's talking to Peter, and he's like, Peter, are you getting this? You're going to have to do this. And, and a lot of people want to call Christians hypocrites because they sin or they make mistakes. But the fact is, is that Jesus knows we're going to make mistakes. He knows that we're going to sin. And that's why he's still wearing the servant's towel. But we'll wash your feet. Because you're going to sin. You're going to make mistakes. You're not going to live well in community with people because you're going to make these mistakes. But the challenge, of course, is to be that image bearer. The challenge is... To, to bear what Jesus has done for you. We talk to people about, about habitual sinning. You know, we have, I have friends and, and know people that have this sin where they come to Jesus and they're really good for a while and then they, they give in to this thing. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's something that they struggle with and they have a relapse and then they disappear for a while. They're not with Jesus because they feel like they have to do some good to get back in with him. And then they come back, they're here and they're good for a while and then they leave again because they feel like, again, that their sin has, has caused this chasm. And it, and it has, but it's not so big. Jesus is willing to clean them up and bring them back. But again, we've got this mindset. We as a people have this mindset that it's what we do and not about who Jesus is and who he's asked us to be in our community. Jesus didn't wash, just wash their feet. He was forgiving them. And community looks like a place where people are forgiving. They're not letting things get in between each other. Because Jesus isn't okay with that. Heaven's a really, really big place. And uh, there are people in this world that I don't care for. <laughs> and, you know, when I get to heaven, I think, all right, you know what? I can live with them here on earth. I can, I can deal with them. I can deal with them. And when I get to heaven, it's a really, really big place. And they're going to be there. I don't have to see them. I'm going to have my own mansion. I can put up my privacy fence, and I don't need to see them. I'll be okay. <laughs> but Jesus isn't okay with that. He's called us to be more than that. So <clears throat> let, me, let me take you here to the scripture. We'll go back. We're going to jump back into Luke 22, 31 through 34, if you've got your Bibles. <laughs> Jesus says to Simon, he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift, you, uh, sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. And Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me, or you will deny three times that you know me. So going into this conversation, Jesus already knows that Peter's going to deny him. He knew that before he washed his feet. But I want you to look at what Jesus says. Peter's willing to go to the grave, and that's what he tells Jesus. And Jesus knows that's not going to be the case. And I know on a daily basis I get up and I say, Lord, help me find somebody to bless today. Help me find somebody to love today. And what I usually wind up doing is messing all of that up in some way, shape, or form. Just completely messing it up. And even though I start off with great intentions, Lord knows that he's going to be there to forgive me when I don't make it through. And so Simon, Simon saying to Jesus, I'm going to go all the way with you. And Jesus says, Simon, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Notice that Jesus didn't say, I've prayed that you don't make mistakes. He didn't say, I've prayed that you wouldn't deny me. Jesus in his grace and his mercy allowed the denial. What he says that he did pray for, he said, I've prayed that your faith may not fail. 
And that when you return, that you'll strengthen your brothers, the other ten that have abandoned me. Because at least Peter stuck around long enough to get stuck in the middle of the community of people and deny it, where the rest of the guys, they were not seen. They hid themselves. But that's what it's all about. Jesus is not concerned about your sin. He's concerned about your return to Him. He's concerned about how you rebound after you make those mistakes. And so he was praying for Peter. I fear and hate failing God. And I know most of you are the same. I hate it with all my heart. But Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is praying for me, for our return. And we're invited back lovingly, forgivingly, and quickly. We can be hypocrites. But there's also authenticity in our return to Jesus to allow him to clean us up again. To clean up our feet. And so we're supposed to take that and we're supposed to live that in a community. What an amazing community it would be if we would pray people back to Jesus lovingly. James 5.17 says, Confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be restored. It's amazing. What would that community look like? You know, the anti-community thought is to, to, to go with the scriptures in John 13. It says, if you follow my example and forgive one another, you will be blessed. But the anti-community thought is like, all right, great. I'm going to go and I'm going to live with people and I'm going to allow the fruit of the Spirit because I'm going to be blessed. So it's all about you, right? Instead of all about the people. There is a blessing that comes when you live in community with the gifts of the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit. To me, I talked about last time we were here, we talked about being the moon. Because the moon in and of itself has no ability to reflect anything, or to, to, to give off any light itself. What the moon does is simply reflect what the sun does. We're called to be moons. And the moon, if you look at the moon, the surface is really ugly. It's full of craters. It's full of all kinds of imperfections. In fact, on a great night when it's out and it's really big, you can see it. It looks like this crazy witch hand coming across the side of it. It's just, the moon is amazing. And that's us. We've got all kinds of characteristics and flaws and parts of us that are shining brighter than others. But we're called to be a light in a dark place in the middle of our communities to reflect what God has given to us. What an amazing opportunity we all have. And the thought is, we, you know what? I, I, I play this game with my son because he's, he's just crazy about directions and he loves to, loves to go, okay, we're going to turn right here, we're going to go there. I mean, you can put him in a car and he can get you anywhere we've ever been, ever. Tyler's just, he's just like, He's just like that. My other boy, Trent, could care less. He's playing, playing like this. But anyway. But Tyler can get you there. And in fact, I know I can leave my son with somebody and say, he can get you wherever you're going. He's fine. But we play this game. What's the fastest way to get where we're going to go? And he knows the name of streets. He knows where he's going. And oftentimes when we're driving, he's sitting next to me. He's like, Dad, shouldn't you have turned there? Wouldn't that have been a faster way to go? Because we want to avoid traffic. What's the fastest way in and out of places, right? And so we think like that. Oh man, what's the fastest way to get there from point A to point B where I don't have to mess with anybody? And that's great for traffic. But when we take that idea and we walk out that idea in our lives, where what's the fastest way into church today? I'll show up at, uh, service starts at 9.30, I'll show up at like 9.45, that way the song's already going, I don't have to talk to anybody. Service is supposed to end about 10.45, how am I doing? I don't have a clock, a clock. Oh, three minutes. Oh. <laughs> forgive me today there was a lot a lot to talk about but service ends at 10 45 and i'll slip out to 10 40 
That way I don't have to talk to anybody, I don't have to see anybody. We do the same thing at work, we duck into our cubicles, we sit there and hover over our coffees. Or when we go home, we don't talk to our neighbors, we pull into our houses with our privacy fences and we play in our backyards and we don't speak to anybody at all. We aren't living in community. And that's anti-community. I want to encourage you this week to get out there and be part of your community. To stop avoiding people because that little traffic game, that's where if you play that game, you're never going to be able to display the fruit of the Spirit in your life. You're never going to be able to do what Jesus has called us to do, which is be a moon. To be an image bearer. So you have to get out in the community. It's hard to believe that when the Bible talks about that if we were to stop praising Him, if we were to stop doing what He's calling us to do, that the rocks would cry out. To me, rocks crying out seems like a great plan A. You know what I mean? It'd be great to drive by a boulder and see a boulder, boulder screaming, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Or when you're driving down the road and somebody cuts you off, you want to grab a rock and throw it at him. And as it's coming at him, it says, Repent! <laughs> to me, rocks crying out seems amazing, but God's plan A is us. And he's called us to be in community with one another, to live out our lives with one another, to bring our strengths, to bring our weaknesses, to bring our shortcomings, to be with each other, and to love on each other, to forgive each other, to bear that fruit in your life, and to see God working. It's amazing, you know, the, Getting, getting to preach this, I have this sermon like weeks before you guys do, so I get an opportunity to live it out and go, man, can I really stand up in front of them and say that I'm doing this? Ah. But even in, in your home, when you're, when you're tempted to, to snap at your wife over something silly, or even something that legitimately bothers you, that's a community too. You go to work and you're short-tempered with somebody who's just not pulling their weight. That's a community go to the magic club well, guess that's not you guys that's me but there's community there too wherever you go you're rubbing shoulders with people that's where God's called you to be his image bearer and he's called you to just be yourself and, and you think Aaron that's too extreme but isn't that who we are today that's what we, that's what we want we want extreme sports we want extreme makeovers we've even got extreme Doritos for crying out loud <laughs> And the kind of extreme that I'm talking about is not bringing extreme Doritos to your nacho night at your next community group or grow group or whatever that Bible study may be. I'm not talking about that. I actually bring the fruit of the Spirit with you. Bring it with you. We're all looking for that Seinfeld community where it's all about nothing. We don't have to pay attention to anybody. We just get to be ourselves. I'm telling you, that's not what we were designed to be. So here's my last scripture. I'm done. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for being here today. I really appreciate it more than you all know. In Philippians 2.5, it says, this is what our community looks like, okay? And the scripture was written so that it says, as I read this, it's supposed to say, uh, and there is. So I'm going to just enter, I'm going to put it in there. It said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought, oh, I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong verse here. Let's 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 go back, I'm sorry, two, one through four, how about that? No, you guys are on the right page, I'm just on the wrong page. I am so sorry. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, and there is, if any comfort from his love, and there is, if any common sharing in the spirit, and there is, if any tenderness and compassion, there is, 
Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And when we look at those verses, we go, yeah, that's what I want. Ah, but that's so selfish. So selfish, because that's our challenge. That's what we're supposed to be. Be that. It's great because we want to expect other people to do that for us, but we don't want to be that for someone else. And our purpose is broken in that. So I want to call you today. I want to invite you into community. I want to invite you into that community. And I hope today that you are challenged, if you're already a Christian, to go home and to live that life. Get to know your neighbors. To get to know the guy on the other side of the cubicle. Get to know somebody in a coffee shop. To bump up against somebody and allow the fruit of the Spirit to pour out of you into their life. We're supposed to show our good works to men and let our light shine. So that what happens? So that God can be glorified. Making Jesus famous is what this church is all about. That's why we're out in the community doing what we're doing. So I'd like to do this first. Maybe you're not a part of this community yet. This Christian community. So with every head bowed, every eyes closed, nobody looking around. I want to give you an opportunity to join this community. You see, Aaron, I don't even know Jesus. I wouldn't know him from a bale of hay. You had a bale of hay and Jesus sitting here, I wouldn't know which is which. But I'd like to introduce you to him today. I'd like to connect you with him. The one who's done so much for us. The one who sacrificed everything. So if you're here today and you say, you know what, I want to join that community. I want to join those people who are seeking to love others. Seeking to have humility, forgiveness, grace and mercy, patience. All of those things. I want that in my life. And I want to share that with people. And I want to be that. If this is your first time and you'd like to make that commitment, I want to know Jesus. Would you? There's nobody looking around, and I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. But if this is your first time and you'd like to connect with Jesus, would you just slip up your hand and let me know that you're here? And we'll pray together. We're going to pray. And when we pray, I would ask that everybody pray the prayer with us. We pray. Everybody pray out loud. There is no reason for anybody in here to be praying alone. I promised you I wouldn't single you out, and I'm not going to. You just pray this prayer with me, and there's nothing magical in this prayer. Please understand. Your heart is already beating so fast you can't even control it. You don't know what's happening, but God is calling to you. Your heart is echoing this and saying, I have to have this. So pray this prayer after me. Jesus, thank you for all that you've done for me. For dying upon a cross for my sins. Cleansing me completely. And continuing to cleanse me every day. Jesus, I ask you to show me how to live. And I promise I'll do my best to do that. Thank you, Jesus. Come into my life. Take control. And I'll live for you as you show me how. 
Now, for those of you that are here today, that you'd like me to pray for you because you say, you know what? I've given my life to Christ and I've been walking on that road. My feet are dirty. I need to enter into this community that you're talking about. I haven't been good at displaying the gifts of the Spirit. I just want to pray for you and then we'll, we will uh, close service. Lord, I thank you for those that are here today. I ask, Lord, that you would challenge our hearts. Holy Spirit, seek out this everyone in this room, every heart in this room. Convict us. Help us. Lead us. Guide us. In our everyday walks, in every part of the community that we go into, that we may be bearers of the love that you've given us. That everything that you've given us, we would give back to someone else. This week and every week thereafter. Lord, we thank you for cleaning us up as we walk this road of life. We thank you that you know we're going to make mistakes. We ask you to forgive us of our sins we commit through the week and on a daily basis. And I pray for those, Lord, that, that have maybe even left this community, who have walked away and said, I can't be part of it, I'm not good enough. That's a lie. That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. And I'll call it out right now. For those of you that believe that, I'm telling you, the truth is that Jesus is ready. So I pray for those here this week, Lord, that you go with them, that you be with them as they go and live community. Give them boldness. Give them all the fruit they need to love people. prayer for anything. We have some of our staff that are waiting on the side of the